Room 303, Episode 126. I'm your host, Jermaine Colomendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan. And as always, we have with us EPE. How are you doing this evening, Nick? I'm good. Uh, I'm just, I, I want to start the podcast off with a fun fact that I learned in pre-show. So we were ragging on uh, baseball teams and how the 2014 to 2015, two seasons, the Kansas City Royals came out of nowhere to shock the league. So I looked up their list of seasons. And since 1990, the Royals have been over 500 six times. <laughs> since 2000, if you take out their 2014-2015 season, they have been over 500 three times. And since winning the World Series in 2015, they have not been over 500. That's so crazy. How shock! How shocking is that? And they went—they went to back-to-back World Series, by the way. Yeah, and then they blew it up because they couldn't pay the roster. Right. So we we were talking pre-show, and we're not confident that we could name more than five players on that 2015 Kansas City roster. So, Aaron, you have the roster pulled up, correct? I do. All right, Jermaine. Keep, list list your. We'll go. We'll go back and forth. Uh, ben Zobrist. Ben, that was a good pick. I don't think he was one of the guys. I didn't think he was one of the guys. It's a good pick. No. Oh, yes, he was. Uh, he played second base and third base in left field. Al, uh, Alex Gordon, obviously. You're not going to tell me Alex Gordon was not on that team. Alex Gordon yes. was on that team. <laughs> he played left field, 104 yes. games. Ben Zobrist right. only played 59 games. Doesn't matter. Still on the team. Uh... Was McCann on that team? Catcher? You are you are picking awesome players because you're leaving the one you're leaving good ones to me. Brian McCann. No, he was not. No, because our catcher was no because our catcher was was Salvador Perez. Salvador Perez did he play. Finished with one of the worst defensive run seasons in MLB history. He lost because of his catching. He lost the Royals thirty nine runs. Damn. <laughs> 39 runs. By, by his cat by his pitch framing, he lost the Royals 39 runs that year. 39 runs. That's I mean, what's got, the what's the average what's the team's average like for the season? It's like four. So so about so a 10 runs is about a win, technically. If you if you use like uh, kind of mathing with like Bill James and Statcast, or not not Statcast, but Bill James and like his Pythagorean win. Ten runs is a win, basically. Yeah, but if you just take league average runs per game, yeah, it's about it's about nine runs a game. One team averages nine runs no, a game. No, no, no. It's about like it's about five to four. So the home team generally wins. If if you take an average baseball game over one hundred and sixty two. Games, it's about like five or four point five for the home yeah, team. So, so that's what I'm saying. So imagine how many average games of baseball that man cost them in runs. Is what I was trying to get at. Yeah, 
He was an awful catcher. The worst. <laughs> the worst since 1986 is when they started recording catching data. The worst. Eric Eric was are you you got another name, Jermaine? Uh I for some reason was Yasmani Grandal on the Royals at any point in time? Or am I just making that up? I don't I, see him on this team. Was Zach Grinky on that team? That's who I wanted to say, but I didn't say it. Pitching, pitching. No Granky. Yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one we were confused about. Who's the pitching staff? It's a, it's a who's who of fuckery minus one. Greg, Greg Holland was on that team, right? Greg Holland was a closer on that team, right? Oh, they did have a fire closer. Uh uh-uh. Greg Holland was. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> Was Brad Hand on that team? Wait, let me see. Let me see. Let me see the closers are in a different section. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Greg Holland was their closer. Thank God. I was like, oh, my God. I know nothing about this team. So, you guys have got Greg Holland. Alex Gordon. Salvador ben Perez. Zorbris, Alex Gordon and Salvador Perez. There's a couple names on here that I think you should be able to get. Uh, one of them, he got traded this year. I'm not going to say what team or anything, but he got traded this year. There's a little... Uh, Little um, drama controversy with his trade. Oh, Eric Hosmer was on that team. Yeah, Hosmer, Eric Hosmer yeah. was on that team. Oh, I do remember yeah. him. Yeah. Um, there's some. There's some. All right, so we got. Oh, Jesus. Was one of the Uptons on that team? Was Mark? Was no. Was Mark Ellis on that team? Did Mark Ellis play middle infield on that team? Infielders. No, no Mark Ellis. Was David Eckstein on that Royals team? David Eckstein. Oh, what's his name? Moustakis? Oh, Moustakis yeah. was on the team. Mike Moustakis, third base. That's good. Yeah. Bro, I, I, had to, I had to reach into the brain to get that name. Oh, right man, now. that's good. There is one guy here. Is there one guy we're missing who we should know? I don't know if you should know him. I feel like he was popping for a minute. I'm trying could be, to he could be your brother because of his last name. Is it Bartolo? No. Oh, Bartolo. Oh, I was like, oh. No. <laughs> could be my brother. He ended up playing for the Kansas or for the Miami Marlins and the Cincinnati Reds. He's a second baseman, third baseman, shortstop. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. Give me, give me, give me the starting lineup by by games because I think we're out of it. I think Mike Mustakis was the last brain reach. That was the last one I had right. in there, bro. Just get, just like players have played the most games. Sort by games. All right, let me sort by games real quick. Um, so games appearances. Number one was Salvador Perez. Number two was mm-hmm. K- Kendrys Morales. Oh, was no! oh my god! <laughs> Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer. Okay. Lorenzo Kane. Oh, I knew I knew I was like they had a black outfielder. Who was he? Kane was uh, on that team before he was. Yeah, center horse. fielder. Yeah. Yeah, he was um, a, wow. Alcides Escobar. Alcides Escobar. Okay. Yeah, I, I probably would have never, never got, got, him. got him. Alex Gordon. Yeah. Alex Rios. Oh. Damn. And then the best, their three best pitchers was Jordano Ventura, Edinson Volquez, and Chris Young. 
No, yeah, I don't know I don't, any of them. I don't think I would ever have gotten those. They had the most wins. Well, I should say those were the guys that had the most wins, 13, 13, 11. But <laughs> they also had me, Guthrie. You give me a day, I would not have gotten those three pitchers. They had Wade Davis. Oh, there it is. Dan- yeah, Danny there Duffy. It is. There it is. Yeah. And Chris Medlin. Yeah, okay. I Never mind. There it is. I only, I mean, like, I, I recognize Danny Duffy, but he wasn't good on that TV. So Did I say Omar Infante already? Omar, okay. That must have been like one of the last years Omar and Fonte played. These are like I swear to God, I would not have gotten. <laughs> no. Kendrick Mike, Morales. Mike, Mike Moustakis was a great pull. And maybe, maybe Lorenzo. We we could have we could have gotten enough hints to get Lorenzo Kane. And Kendrick Morales. We and Kendrick got, Morales. We should have got Kendrick. But after that, I mean, you just named a pitching staff that I, I, <laughs> yeah. Do you guys know the name of the manager? Oh, Bud Black? Nope. No. Oh, my God. I don't even know. It was, was it, was it Jim Leland still? No. Oh, that's a, oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Ned Yost. Ha, <laughs> Okay, a Brewers fame. Okay, Jesus, we just got crushed by the 2015 Kansas City Royals, bro. So, like I was saying, this is the most irrelevant team to ever win a World Series. Sorry, (laughs) Kansas City Royals fans, you can't bitch for like another 20 years. Yeah, first of all, you shouldn't have a World Series, and if this statement's making you upset, you won the World Series. So, like, what the fuck? It's like the uh, it's it's like the I think we talked about it last or two episodes ago about Washington, the Washington Nationals losing all their players. Yeah, you guys won a World Series though, so shut up. Yeah, off schedule. Like you lost Bryce Harper and won a World Series, like, in, <laughs> right? In that order. So right. like, if you're upset, maybe you should relax. The only people that are more lucky are is like the 2002 Florida Marlins fans who won a World Series in the middle of a rebuild. Yeah. Eric, I bet if you pull up the 2002 Florida Marlins, I will know no players on that team. No, we have to was it what it wasn't uh, one of the Molina brothers on that? Or was Who that knows? Was it Pudge? <laughs> no, I don't think Pudge was on that team. I don't think AJ Burnett was on that team. I don't think No, there's no Pudge on here. <laughs> no, no, no. His name would be Ivan Rodriguez. No, I know who Pudge is. He's not on here. <laughs> I mean, Eric, with you, that's not a that's not like a true. That's a, true. Like, my bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I get why you're saying that. But no, Ivan Rodriguez is not on here. Oh Maybe my god, the, this is a no this is like I I told you, dude. They won a World Series in the middle of a rebuild. Name name like the top five players in terms yeah, but, do what you just did for the Royals. But in the Marlins defense, they're still in that rebuild. So right. their starting catcher was Charles Johnson. Okay. Played for the their Rockies. Backup, their backups were Ramon Castro and Mike Redman. I mean, no. again, both Mike Redman also played for the Rockies, but okay. Nope. Three starting infielders, Luis Castillo, Alex Gonzalez, Mike Lowell. Oh, sorry, four, and Derek Lee. Yeah, there's always four, by the way. I mean, Der- I mean, I mean, Derek Lee and Mike Lowell are – I mean, they were, then, probably, they were past their prime at that I, point, but yeah. I don't know, I don't know them either. <laughs> Three outfielders, Cliff Floyd, Kevin Millar, and Preston Wilson. Those are good outfielders. You said Kevin Millar? Yeah. yeah. 
All right, I know that guy. And, and Preston Wilson, who at the time was a good young outfielder. And then for pitching, A.J. Burnett seems to be the biggest name. You have A.J. Burnett. Okay. Josh Beckett, a young Josh Beckett. Young Josh Beckett. That's right. Holy crap. Um, so, well, basically, if you guys – for those of you listening, if you guys want to – and I guess for you and Eric, Jermaine, but <laughs> there's a really awesome I, – I, I think it's called winning or, like, championship done by – I'll look it up and I'll find it later in the show. It's done by the sports guys, I think. And they break down the 1998 Marlins and how they were in the middle of a rebuild and won the championship. I think it's called like championship or something. It's a book or is it? It's, it's a, it's a YouTube, it's a YouTube video. Yeah. I think I, is that part of the, the greatest rise and falls thing? Right. Yeah. All right, while, while Nick's looking that up, today's episode for 126, we have uh, Pop Culture Pick'em, Build Your Perfect Movie. Uh, okay. So the breakout is director, actor, supporting actor, actress, supporting actress. And then we get into the NFC East preview, which is Eric's bread and butter. So we'll defer to him for this division. That's right. Eric has a large speaking role, and he just turned better <laughs> than a tomato. Oh, I <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, I got it. It's... It's by Secret Base. It's Secret Base Collapse Series. It's how the Marlins accidentally won a World Series in the middle of a rebuild. Go look it up. Say the, say the title one more time for me. It is Secret Base Collapse Florida Marlins. Secret Base. All right. Collapse Florida Marlins. And and all their all their all their collapse videos are fantastic. Oh, this is a whole series. Yeah. How the Chicago Blackhawks turned superstars into oh, why did it just cut off? Fantastic. Into a dynasty and a dynasty into a nightmare. I believe they're still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> love how he picks yeah. love how he picks my team. How's your it was- uh- it was how's, the first one. It was your, the first one, my guy. How's your flyers you know what? doing? You know what? We'll uh, we'll do you we'll do you even better. Oh, I will post. We will post. Eric, read Eric as the sign. We're just the personalities. Eric's the real man behind the curtain. We will post on our socials, Instagram and Twitter, the link to this secret base collapse he, series. He's our he's our Zordon to our Power Rangers. No doubt, except he he doesn't know he doesn't know how the pieces connect. <laughs> except he's more than just a floating head. Right. <laughs> All right. So pop culture, pop culture, pick them. Like I said, build your build your perfect movie. Oh yeah. shit! I'm I'm first. So Jermaine, Nick, so, and then Eric. Just to you don't have to go into that order. Just as long as you fill it out with those, you know. Director, lead lead actor, complimentary actor, lead actress, complimentary actress, and then when you do your director, you have to pick. You can pick your genre at the same time. You don't have to go in any specific order, just because nobody else can pick it once you've taken it. So if you want to go your director first, if you want to go your actress first, it doesn't matter. Just fill in the spots however you want. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm going first. Yes, sir. Uh, lead actress Anna Darmas. You motherfucker. 
You did that. You did that on purpose. I've picked her every time we've had this shit. You guys get mad at me every time. Be quicker. What do you mean be quicker? I can't be quicker than one zero one. Hey, that's your fault. You could have traded. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> Everything's a trade with him. Um. All right. I will take. I'm going to take Ridley Scott for director. And genre. And genre sci-fi. Done. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So with my first pick, I will go David Fincher and it's for director, and it's going to be a psychological thriller. No, so we're going to miss. Oh, yeah? And then for my uh, next pick, I'm going to go lead actor. I'm going to go Miles Teller. Oh, that's shaping up to be a good movie. Um, all right. I want... Oh, man. This is like cute Jeopardy music here. Give me... We should. We need to start. We got. I've been work on getting us some drops for this dead space. Jason <laughs> Momoa. Jason Momoa as my lead actor. Oh, he's going summer blockbuster on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is. I mean, I, I'm. I'm trying to churn out the cast of the summer. I mean, this is going to drop like June. Yeah. Since you both have directors, I don't have to go that way. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and take um, Mahershala Ali. Oh, man. As my lead. Ooh, a, a, an odd combination there with Honda Armas, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the way that it goes. And then I'm going to follow up with my supporting actor. And I'm going to call in some big guns. I'm going Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> God bless it. This one's Jermaine's, Jermaine's going for December Academy Award winner. This is just he's, he's, he's Oscar hunting. We got the chops, baby. We got he's the Oscar chops. Hunting. Fresh on the grill, you bitch. Oh, I'm man. just curious as to what movie this could be where he wouldn't be the lead. Well, you think you got you got that's why we that's why we wait, Eric. You gotta sit back and you gotta wait. Man, this is this is shaping up to be. Oh, it's just shaping up to be a good movie. I mean, I don't really know where to where to go for right now. I want I want ScarJo as my leading lady. Good choice. Good choice. Nobody. <laughs> no. No comments from anybody. First of all, ain't nobody gonna say Scarlett Johansson's <laughs> ever a bad choice in the history of choices. That's right. just wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, like, what, what do you want? Everyone approves of a ScarJo <laughs> <right>. pick, <laughs> especially in a Ridley Scott sci-fi thriller. Yeah, for sure. We're in it, bro. You got Aquaman at Black Widow. Oh yeah. I'm 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 paying big bucks. Is this movie gonna make big bucks? Yeah, I love how Eric went for a thriller. You went for a <laughs> blockbuster. I'm over here. Everyone, no one knows what's happening. Jermaine's about to be jerking our heartstrings, shit though. <laughs> uh, one of these people are. One of these people is dying for sure. For sure. 
All right. Um, I think it's for my next pick. I'm going to take John David Washington as my supporting actor. Okay. Okay. And then for my leading lady, let me pull up this list here. I, I had a couple I was looking at. I have to go. I have to go Emily Blunt with my leading lady. That's good. It's a good choice. Man. This is just, I mean, you guys are crazy. You guys are cranking out. You got me like backpedaling now. Yeah, you're in your head. We could see it. The, oh. pa- the, the panic is alive, bro. The panic is alive. <laughs> He's just going to pick the rock. Watch. No, but no, bro. I'm not. No. But buddy cop sci-fi film. <laughs> buddy cops really, Scott buddy cop sci-fi movie. Let me pick the predator. Um. Oh man. Uh, who's the who's the dude that did? Uh, who's the dude that does the that does Smeagol and does all that all that guy? Uh, Jason. Oh man, Sudek. No, not Sudek. It's it's um. Martin something, right? No, it's um. Oh my God, how am I? Andy Serkis. And Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. I want Andy Serkis as a supporting actor. That's a solid choice. I might use him in. An, I might animate a character for him. I might not. Who's to say? I'm not going to get in the way of Ridley, Ridley Scott's vision. I hear it, bro. All oh. right, so so it's back to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so I've got my two actors. I've got I've got Anna Darmus. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and call in my girl Natalie Emmanuel for supporting supporting actress role. It's a good pick. And for my director, I want Alejandro Inaritu. All right, Eric, break it down for me. What's what's Give me everything now. Jermaine's going Oscar hunting with. Oh, Eric, are you going to read that? He's talking to you. Oh, you want me to? Okay. How was yeah, I'm confused. Break it down oh. for me, dog. All right. So his lead actress is going to be Ana de Armas. His lead actor is going to be Marshahala Ali. Supporting actor is going to be Daniel Day-Lewis. Supporting actress is Natalie Emanuel. And his director is the fantastic Alejandro Inaritu. So you didn't even do like I would. I wanted like I wanted like this <laughs> this winner. Come on, bro. So I, I, so I don't got that in me. I built I built the movie beforehand, right? Okay. So what it is? It's a modern telling of Romeo and Juliet, right? Which Mahershala and Anna de Armas. Everybody loves that casting, by the way. It, it it checks the Hollywood box. And it's going to be filmed in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Seems to be where Ali spends most of his time. So that's where Daniel Day Lewis comes in, right? And so what it come, what the story is going to be, it's going to tell the story of Black Wall Street, and it's going to pit the two sides of the tracks, right? Mahershala as the lead and Anna as the lead, and Daniel Day Lewis is going to be the old sheriff who's the father to Anna Darmas. Oh, he's not going to play that part well at all. Exactly. Right. And then Natalia Emanuel is is going to be some dope supporting actress. I'll I'll create a a dope role for probably Mahershala's sister. Right. Right. And then it'll end 
with Daniel Day-Lewis gunning Mahershala down in the street. Oof. That's good. I mean, I mean, that's that's all the rage. And then Finn, done. Cut to black. And then you got Alejandro and his wizardry, bro, the way he can use the sunsets of Oklahoma to tell that story. Yeah. You, and then one of the things that I would use is, as a common piece is all throughout the movie, as scenes end, you're going to be able to hear the, tr- the train roll through the city. By the way, Hollywood, this motherfucker's trademarked. So if you use this shit, this is 303 property intellectually, motherfuckers. And we know lawyers, too. So, so you tie it to the train, right? So every time, a, does. every time a scene ends... You start hearing the train, or you see a billow of smoke, or the or the train, or the taillights of the train, and then on the night that Daniel Day Lewis executes Mahershala Ali, you don't see the train, and and then and then it, at the end of it, it cuts to Ana de Armas on the train with Natalia Emmanuel riding off into the sunset. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. He's Oscar That's, hunting, ladies and gentlemen. He's Oscar hunting. Give me the done. award. Just give it. Just give, give it. it to him. All right. Listen, <laughs> listen I, I'm not in competition with Jermaine, right? I'm not in competition with him. I, I don't I don't have Oscar. I'm going for best costume design basically at this point, right? But I'm I, listen, I'm I'm billions hunting people. And to make money, you gotta spend money. Supporting actress, Millie Bobby Brown, give it to me, right? We we maybe we go a little sci-fi, we go a little post-apocalyptia. We and we we start. We don't show Jason Momoa's face for the first half of the movie. He's a masked man. <laughs> then to reveal his character when he finally saves Bo- Billy Bobby Brown and starts to become like a person that you start to like, he starts to lose pieces of his face mask and pieces of his armor. Until maybe maybe he sacrifices himself at the end. Actually sacrifices himself. No fucking sequels, Ridley. <laughs> Yeah, you money grabbing bastard. <laughs> like fucking extraction. You know how upset I yes. am. Extraction too, bro. Such a great end of the movie. But he, again, I don't think that was Ridley Scott. Yeah, I know it wasn't, but I'm just yeah. that's the first movie that pops to my mind when you're like, it doesn't need a sequel. You had a great ending, and all of a sudden he's just standing there. He falls right. into a dirty ass river with fucking open wounds, and we're just right. like, nah, he's straight, bro. He's and like straight. a lot of open wounds, too. <laughs> he's all right, not but like, all right. leaking from the neck or anything. <laughs> right. All right, Eric. So give me my give me my cast. So we uh, got so Ridley you- Scott directing a sci-fi blockbuster with yeah. Jason Momoa as my as my leading man. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Millie Bobby Brown as my heroine, as the one to be saved, because who do I have as supporting actress, Eric? Supporting actress, uh, well that's that's your supporting actress, and then your lead actress is ScarJo. Right, and my my backup man, my supporting actor, Andy Serkis. Both villains, ScarJo and Andy Serkis, villainy, depravity. You think Andy Serkis is the main villain? No. It's a woman behind the scenes. Hello, woke Hollywood. Nick just made you a blockbuster that everybody loves. Is Millie Millie Bobby Brown gay? I don't know. She's she's like 18. Uh, Yeah, I know. But yeah, I, I don't know. If she's gay, my God, Hollywood. 
I'll just take I'll take oodles and oodles of money. And you're just saying you were just you just want, you're like if she's gay, I'm checking that box as well. That's right. the only reason you were asking. Right. All right, give us your last, Eric. All right. So before I give you my last, I'm gonna let you guys pick a cameo for your movie. One scene, random actor. Who do you want popping in? Jeff Bridges. Dope. Fucking dope, bro. Uh, Idris Elba, so I can do a spinoff with Idris Elba. Hey! <laughs> he's, gonna, he's, gonna, he's gonna pop in at the end. It's like funeral, and then we're gonna be like, oh shit. Because <laughs> it ain't a sequel, the main character dies. It's a spinoff. He's gonna walk up. He, money, money, money. He's, he's gonna walk up to Jason Momoa's casket, cock the pistol. He's gonna be wearing gloves. You're gonna have no clue who it is. He's gonna double tap the coffin. He's just like brothers for life. Oh, turn, but it's and, just Idris Elba's voice. It's just Idris' voice. Ooh. And then he he turns around and him and Millie Bobby Brown are walking to go fuck some Ooh, shit up. God, I'm t- oh God! Oh, I got chills everywhere. Ooh! All right, Eric, wrap, wrap it up. Wrap. Who, All right. who do you got? So my supporting actress is going to be Kathy Bates. <laughs> well, psych, psych, psychotic thriller. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. So, uh, so come on, Eric. Give us that narrative. Wrap like lead me in. Right. All right, so it's a psych thriller di- directed by David Fincher. Um, Miles Teller and Emily Blunt are going to be a couple, a young power couple, I guess in Hollywood or you know in the financial industry. And John David Washington is going to be the detective. And basically, it's going to be sort of like tying into the Illuminati slash like, you know, all that nonsense world. And Kathy Bates is going to be my villain um, who's trying to get Miles Teller and Emily Blunt into the... Uh, Illuminati or whatever organization will make up one for the movie. And uh, there's a string of murders that's tied to them. And they're like working with John David Washington to clear the name. And they, at the end, they find out Kathy Bates is like the one that set it all up. It's been having people get killed and stuff so that, you know, so she can get her way. But, she's Ooh, but maybe do we throw a twist in there that John David Washington was actually the dude killing the people? Hey, if, that, if you want to make it like that. Kathy Bates is actually the chief of police as well. I was gonna say we never know who the police. We never know who the killer is, and my my special appearance or my cameo would be Vince Vaughn as the killer. I listen. I love that you threw Vince Vaughn in there. It would throw me off hundred percent. I would be like, I'd be watching the movie. I'd be like, I'd be in it. I'd be on the edge of my seat. I'd be like, I'd hit. I'd hit you. I'd hit your man. I go. Is that Vince Vaughn? <laughs> Gotta have him in there, bro. As soon as I did True Detective, I was like, is that, is that really Vince Vaughn? You have to have a Gone with the Wind scene with Miles Teller and Emily Blunt in front of the Lolita Express. And then as they get on the plane to leave, the plane blows up in the sky. And that's how the movie ends. Damn, I was hoping they didn't die, but I mean, if you want them to die, I guess we can. Everybody bro, dies, Eric. Everybody <laughs> dies, bro. It's the Illuminati. Everyone dies. Right. Okay, finish, round out the list, and we'll move into the AFC, sorry, NFC East preview. Uh, so I'll just go back over your guys' list real quick. Yeah, just read them out. Uh, Jermaine Head, Anna Armas, Marsha Halali, Daniel Day-Lewis, and Natalie Emanuel, directed by Ina Ritu. Nick Head, Ridley Scott, Jason Momoa, ScarJo, Andy Serkis, and Millie Bobby Brown. I had David Fincher, Miles Teller, John David Washington, Emily Blunt, and Kathy Bates. I won again. What's new? All right, so we're getting into the NFC East breakdown. I think, I think it's different genres. I think it's different. I, I think I think we'll shake our hands. 
as we move throughout the year. And the Room 303 production company will just be rich with an Oscar. <laughs> and the sequel will need Elba. <laughs> you need the Oscar for the cachet, bro, so people know you're serious. That's right. And they'll be like, wait, is this the same production company? Well, how multifaceted. <laughs> but then we also do a podcast. Oh, boy. So NFC standings from last year. Cowboys topped it at 12 and 5. Philadelphia Eagles at 9 and 8. Washington Commanders at 7 and 10. And the New York Football Giants at 4 and 13. Jesus, that organization used to be prideful. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll break down some of the departures uh, for the Cowboys. Um, so. Amari Cooper traded to the Browns. Cedric Wilson, Wilson signed with the Dolphins. Blake Jarwin suffered a, a rather serious injury. He's no longer with the team. Uh, Connor Williams and Le- Lyle Collins departed for the Dolphins and Bengals, respectively. Randy Gregory signed for all of zero seconds, then signed with the Broncos. Uh, DeMonte KZ went to the Steelers. Ken O'Neill to the Bucks, And uh, Greg Zerloin went to the Jets. Uh, some of the additions they made. James Washington from the Steelers on a one-year deal. Linebacker Leighton Vanderesh returns on a one-year $2 million deal. Uh, Michael Gallup, five years, $62.5 million, despite tearing his ACL. Uh, Noah Brown, one year. Jeremy Sprinkle, one year. Dalton Schultz, franchise tag. Outside linebacker Dante, Dante Fowler on a one-year deal. Um, safeties Malik Hooker and J. Ron Curse on two years deals respectively eric give us the over under please uh so the over is minus 110 the under is minus 110 and they have the cowboys line at 10 even and the under is under is minus 110 and the over is minus 110 interesting dallas to win the division is plus 140 dallas to win the division is plus 140 yes all right nick go ahead and walk us through the schedule Interesting. Ten wins. All right. So the Dallas Cowboys, America's team in, in years past, um, opened the season with two home games, uh, the Bucks and the Bengals. This is Eric's division, so he gets to pick the win losses. At the jo- oh yeah, let's go. Let's you want me to go through the whole schedule, Eric, and then we'll go game by game. Uh yeah, give us the schedule and then we can break it down game by game. Okay, week three at the Giants. Come home to play the Commanders. Two road games, Rams and Eagles. Two home games before the bye week, Lions-Bears. Bye week in week nine. Two away games, Packers-Vikings. Three home games, Giants-Colts-Texans. An away game at Jacksonville. A home game against Eric's Eagles. And then to finish the season, two away games, Titans and Commanders. All right, Eric, week one. We have Dallas at home against the Bucks. Uh, I think that's a loss. Hey, week two, we have Dallas at home against the Bengals. I'm going to take that as a loss as well. Okay, week three at the Giants. Okay, week four at home against the Commanders. Okay, week five at the Rams. That's a loss. Okay, week... Six at the Eagles moving on week. No, okay, break that down for me. Uh, I think they actually win in Philly and we win in Dallas. Okay, so week seven, Detroit and Chicago. Can I just mark those? Yes, yes. 
Yeah, those are both dubs. Okay. Going into the bye week, the Dallas Cowboys are five and three. Two road games coming out of the bye week, Packers, Vikings. Loss, loss. Uh, three home games, Giants, Colts, Texans. They go on a three-game win streak. Okay. A road game at Jacksonville. A home okay. game against the Eagles. Loss. Okay. And then two road games, Titans and Commanders. Win, loss. Okay. Based on your picks, we have put the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Jermaine, do you disagree with any of that? Uh, no, it, was, it wasn't as um, biased as I thought it would be. So I'll, I'll allow where we stand there. So we are completely at 10. <laughs> 10 and 7, we have the I, Cowboys going. I, I knew he would end up there. They have a lot of cupcakes. The problem is they play Minnesota and Green Bay away. Right, off the bye week. Off the bye week. And the other issue is they open the season with the Bucks, right? Yeah. Both of these teams are kind of shell-shocked in the talent department from the years past. You know, when you, you have to keep your prime primetime players, you hemorrhage good players. Um, both of them have offensive line question marks. Um, so that that matchup was not as cut and dry, but I'm going Tom Brady. Tom Tom yeah. Brady with a full offseason to prepare for you. <laughs> so yeah. Like so with an unbiased ass answer, they they took a lot of L's. They lost Amari Cooper. They bring in Jays Washington. He gets hurt. Wilson was a stud for them last year. He made big plays when it counted. They lost him. I'm not saying that this that like this team isn't going to compete for the division or whatever. They are clearly the favorites right now, according to DraftKings. But just with as much talent as they lost and the god-awful coaching that we know is coming, I, I don't see them I, – I see them being like a 9-10 win team. Do we as a podcast, <laughs> after looking at the training camp videos, have any concern over – Ezekiel Elliott's weight. No concerns. I'm getting head shakes. No. Okay. No. They always talk about his weight every year. And unless he gets hurt, Ezekiel Elliott fucking does what he does. He catches five balls, gets you 40 to 50 yards through the air. He rushes for a very efficient 4.5. I think that's his like career average. Like even last year, he was hurt and they still would not give the offense to Tony Pollard. Right. I'm I'm not worried about Zeke. I'm tired of hearing about Zeke. I think everything's overblown. This is not the year Zeke falls off. Now, talk to me next year. <laughs> Are we concerned about his man bun this year? I certainly am. <laughs> Always concerned about that. Okay. All right. Good to go. <laughs> okay. So, I'm actually going to go ahead and take the under on Dallas. Um. I really wish we would have done a luck coefficient to see how lucky these teams were last year. I don't know. I just think Dallas is going to be unlucky this year, and they're going to hit the under. I'm not confident on this one, so I'm going to highlight it yellow. But I'm taking the under on that one. All right. Let me see if I can find what you're asking for. And keep in mind, this division has not had a back-to-back winner. I'm pretty sure since, like, 1906. Like it's ridiculous. They have, nobody ever wins this division back to back. So, is Dallas <laughs> good enough to break that? If I Google this division winners, and I find a back to back winner within the last twelve years, <laughs> I'm gonna be upset. Bro. Yeah. All right. Let's see it. Google that shit. 
<laughs> Give us the division winners, Eric. Uh, Eric's, Eric's not backpedaling, so okay. All right, so Dallas, 2021 Dallas, 2020 Washington, 2019 Eagles, 18 Dallas, 17 Eagles, 16 Dallas, 15 Redskins. Uh, well, they were the Redskins. <laughs> 14 Dallas, 13 Philly, 12 uh, Washington, 11 New York. There hasn't been a back-to-back since the Eagles did it from 2001 to 2004. Okay. 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 There we go. Good job, Eric. Wait, not talking out of your ass. <laughs> okay, so the second place team in the division, while Nick's looking up those luck coefficient, is the Philadelphia Eagles. They finished at nine and eight and clinched a playoff spot. Jalen Hurts played some primetime football last year. Some of the departures that the Philadelphia Eagles ran into were two retirees in Brandon Brooks and Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, Jordan Howard's no longer with the team. Hassan Ridgeway went to the 49ers. Jannard Avery to the Steelers. Alex Singleton to the Broncos, Steven Nelson to the Texans, and Rodney McLeod to the Colts. Some of the additions that the Philadelphia Eagles had are – oops, didn't have it pulled up. So uh, re-signed running back Boston Scott, brought in wide receiver Zach Pascal on a one-year deal, signed Anthony Harris on a one-year deal, re-signed Greg Ward on a one-year deal, cut – and re-signed Fletcher Cox for to a one-year, $4 million contract. And then they signed Panthers defensive and outside linebacker Hassan Reddick to three-year, $45 million contract. So I got it, I got it pulled up here. Dallas was actually not lucky or unlucky last year. And they were even? Correct. Okay. So then that helps me none. <laughs> was that all the players that the Eagles brought in? Yep. Because, I mean, A.J. Brown, Brad Newberry, there's a whole bunch of people on the list. That... But whatever. Based on the link you gave me. <laughs> hmm. Eric, Eric just trying to show you up there. No, I didn't. All right. I was just All right, Eric, take us through over-unders then. All right, so Philly is a plus 160 favorite or second favorite to win the division. Their over is minus 150. Their under is plus 125, and their line has been set at 9.5. All right. Well, you heard the man, and this is the moment that everybody's been uh, dreading. Here is the Philadelphia Eagles schedule. They open the season at the Lions, play Minnesota at home, at the Commanders, Jacksonville at home, at the Cardinals, two, or uh, sorry, at, and then at, or excuse me, Dallas at home, then a week seven bye week. Don't like those early bye weeks. Then they play Pittsburgh at home, Houston on the road, Commanders at home. Colts on the road, two home games, Packers and Titans, three road games between Giants, Bears, and Cowboys. If you're going to have three road games, at least have them against those three guys. Then two home games to end the year, Saints and Giants. All right, Eric, week by week. Here we go. One sec before we get into that, let me finish up this uh, additions for the Eagles. Okay. Um, Yeah, they re-signed Jason Kelsey and Derek Barnett. They brought in Kaiser White. They brought in James Bradbury. They brought in Jaquiski Tart. And obviously, they traded for A.J. Brown. All right. Go All ahead. Right. Here we go, Eric. Week one at Lions. When? Week two, home against Detroit or home against Minnesota. I will be there, so that's a win. Okay. Uh, at the Commanders. Win. Okay. Versus Jacksonville. Win at Arizona, loss. Okay, 
Uh, home Dallas. Loss. Okay, the, the Eagles are going into the week seven bye week four and two. They open week eight after the bye week uh, at home against Pittsburgh. When? Damn, they had, uh, at, a, they had a week seven bye week? Yeah, at Houston. When? Versus the Commanders. When? At the Colts. When? Two games, Packers, Titans. Loss, win. All right. Uh, three road games, Giants, Bears, Cowboys. You already said that they beat the Cowboys. Yeah, so it's going to be a loss, a win, and a win. Okay. Then two home games, Saints and Giants. <laughs> it's a toss-up for the Saints. I'm going to go loss, but they'll beat the Giants at home. Okay. Based on what Eric just said, we have the Philadelphia. Uh, Jermaine, do you disagree with any of that? There's a few toss-ups, but it's, they weren't ridiculously strong teams, in my opinion. So I think you put them somewhere at a 11-12 win team, though. It's a cupcakey schedule. It's a, it, there was there was full of easy Holy wins. cow. And that's the thing about the Eagles is watch them blow it. <laughs> like watch them I start mean, with I, a loss to the Lions, bro. I mean, I, I mean listen, uh, regardless of, of home away, Lions, Vikings, Commanders, Jags. That's a four-game stretch. Then they play Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts. Then Giants, uh, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants. They have some incredible stretches in here. Yeah, there's nothing. They're not playing anyone difficult, so that's why I'm not arguing anything. But, I mean, you know, I, I, listen. They could lose to the Colts. They could lose to the Steelers. They could lose to the Titans. <laughs> I don't know about that. But the Titans with that A.J. Brown. That's that true. Should, AJ, A.J. Brown revenge game. That should be a fun – that should be a fun uh, All right. Fun so, so 12 and 5. But but the over the over is stacked. Vegas, Vegas is minus 150 on the over. Uh, yeah. I, listen, I'll take the over. I probably won't. I probably won't put any money on it, but I, I'll take the. I'll take I'm the Eagles over. I'm more confident in the Eagles over than I am the Cowboys over. I'm taking the Eagles over, purely based off that schedule. I, but I'm highlighting it yellow because I don't want anything to do with the, the odds. What I'm looking at is Philly plus one sixty to win this division. That is the bet to make here. Put some money on that. Philadelphia wins this division. Okay, plus one sixty. You hear? You heard it here first. Philadelphia wins the division. Okay, so now um, we'll get into the third place team, Washington, newly minted Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are. They were seven and ten last year. So. Oh, wow. oh my god. Yeah, that schedule is probably light work too. The NFC East. The NFC East is going to all go over five hundred. So. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick retired. DeAndre Carter signed with the Chargers. Ricky Seals-Jones to the Giants. Brandon Scherf to the Jaguars. Matthew Ioannidis to the Panthers. Tim Settle to the Bills. Um, other key departures, Adam Humphreys, Eric Flowers, John Bostick, DJ Haddon, Daryl Roberts, Landon Collins, and DeShazer. Everett are no longer with this team. Some of the key additions that they had. Obviously, they acquired Carson Wentz in a trade. 
uh, for, I believe it was a third, or is it two thirds, and they could convert to a second based on what Carson's, whatever. Uh, J.D. McKissick re-signed after signing with Buffalo. Uh, then Terry McLaurin had a three-year, $70 million extension. Cam Sims re-signed. They re-signed Cornelius Lucas. They signed Andrew Norwell. They signed Trey Turner. They signed Tyler Larson. They signed F.A. Obata. They signed Bobby McCain and kicker Joey Sly. Eric, can you give us the over-under, please? Yeah, so Washington is a plus 500 to win the division. Their over is minus 120. Their under is plus 100. And their line has been set at eight. Oh, man. They could probably beat that. All right, Nick. <laughs> walk us through the schedule. Oh, Jesus. All right. Here we go. <laughs> week one, Jacksonville at home. Week two at the Lions. Verse at home for the Eagles at Cowboys. Home Titans at Bears. Home Packers at Colts. Home Vikings, two road games, Eagles, Texans, a home game, Falcons at the Giants, week 14 bye week. So it's a slog for the commanders to get to that bye week. Week 15 off the bye week, home Giants at 49ers, and two home games to end the year, Browns and Cowboys. And if you don't think, if you thought the, the Eagles schedule was cakey, this schedule is just cake. So, with that being said, Eric, let's break it down for the Washington Commanders. Do you see a loss in one or two? No. Jags and Lions. Mm-mm. Okay. No. Home Eagles. Oh. oh. You don't see them losing to either one of those teams? You think the I, Commanders are good this year? I think the Commanders have a stout defense that wins you ball games, and they have a serviceable quarterback and all weapons around the field, I think they'll be all right. What weapons? Terry, Antonio Gibson, Jahan Dotson. They got, good, they got guys. John, John Dotson's never done anything. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm just saying, I, I don't know about that. I don't think that defense is good as good as people think it is. But keep going. Okay. Do you see a win in – Philadelphia home, Dallas away, Titans home. I think they'll I think they'll compete against the Titans, but they'll lose the other two. Okay. At Chicago. It's a win. Home against Green Bay. Loss. At the Colts. Loss. At home against Minnesota. Loss. Two road games, Eagles and Texans. Loss win. Uh, uh home Falcons. Win. At Giants. Loss. <laughs> Bye week. Home Giants. Win. At 49ers. Loss. Two games to end the year, both at home, uh, Browns and Cowboys. Loss, loss. Okay. Based on that, the Washington Commanders, 7-10. and 10. Jermaine, would you like to dispute any of that other than the first two games? I think they beat the Colts. So if they beat the Colts, that's at eight. Carson Wentz revenge game. He'll play lights out. But then you said they might lose one of the first two, so that puts them back down to seven. 
No, Eric had them losing both both the first two. No, he had them winning both first two. Oh yeah. You said I, they win both first two, and you fought. You said no, they might split them. Yeah, I don't. I don't see I, this team is bad. Their offensive line is worse than it's been. They just lost Brandon Scherf, who's a primetime offensive guard. Chase Young's coming back from injury. You don't know what he's going to get. They had key departures all along the defensive line, linebackers, and secondary. And they're not replacing them with the with the talent they had beforehand. So I don't think they're as good as they are, but I'm not taking anything with this line. So you guys can you guys can say what you want on that. But if you think they're going over eight. I think eight's the perfect number. I don't know which way to go there. Yeah, I I want the I want the under. I, I don't I don't see how, especially with all the reports we've we've heard coming out of training camp, and like you said, they're already losing their good players. No, they're they're players that could that could make a chance. I think there's going to be a lot of distraction that we're not talking about around this organization. Uh. Of this Dan Snyder and this move from from uh, Virginia that they're that they're trying to pull, they're they're trying to get a new stadium built. I think it's going to be a distraction. I think fans won't show up to Commanders games. I want the under. I want the under eight. And yeah, I mean, that, that's where uh, Eric put him. That's where Eric put him. So he didn't. I would. I, I would not be surprised if they don't. If if they win five or less games this year. Yeah, that that eight line is. I mean, especially, especially since they're already losing guys with a week 14 bye week at FedEx. Come on. Oh, dude, does Carson Wentz suffer the same fate? Oh, no. Can we bet that? Eric, can we bet Carson Wentz career ending uh, ACL injury? Do they play J.J. Watt this year? They do. Uh, yes, they do. Oh, but away. Do they play? TJ? Oh wait, no, 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 no. They do not play JJ Watt. Sorry. Do they play TJ Watt this year? Uh, no, TJ Watt. They get the Browns. We got okay. this. Ooh, they got Miles Garrett. They though. do have Miles Garrett week seventeen. Yeah, but tearing it at the end ain't that, that big. Ain't the same. I think they have Carson, Joey. Think, they have they have uh what Nick Bosa week sixteen. Well, that's at that's at. All right, they play. Listen, they play uh, Jacksonville, Philly, Titans, Green Bay, Vikings, Falcons, Giants, Browns, and Cowboys at home. Ah, it's, Carson Wentz is fine. Carson Wentz will be fine. All <laughs> He's right. in the clear. You don't want right. that. That Carson Wentz, you survived, but we're all taking. Jermaine, are you taking the under, or are you saying you don't want any part of it? Uh, at plus money, I will take the under eight. I'm, I'll ride with you guys on that one. Okay. This this next team fascinates the fuck out of me this year. All right, so we'll 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 agree we'll agree for for uh, for uh, podcast sake the 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 commanders are going seven and ten. You and Eric disagreed on a, on a couple of games, but when you flipped them, you basically came out to seven. Yeah, I just like the Carson Wentz revenge narrative. Last so last place team in this division is none other than the New York Football Giants. They came in with a four and thirteen record and a whopping minus one hundred and fifty eight point differential. <laughs> it's not it's not even the worst in the league, ain't that some shit? All right, so some of the departures they had 
Uh, I'll start with players no longer on teams. Mike Glennon, Devontae Booker, Elijah Penny, John Ross, Nate Solder, Billy Price, Matt Skura, Danny Shelton, Bernardrick McKinney, Reggie Ragland, Jalen Smith. Uh, the following players signed with other teams. Evan Ingram to the Jaguars, Kyle Rudolph to the Bucks, Will Hernandez to the Cardinals, Austin Johnson to the Chargers, Lorenzo Carter to the Falcons, James Bradbury to the Eagles, Jabril Peppers to the Patriots, and Lo- Logan Ryan to the Bucks, and Riley Dixon to the Rams. Uh, notable additions for the New York football giants are uh, Tyrod Taylor signed a two-year for backup. Matt Breida signed a one-year backup deal. Richie James signed a one-year deal. Jordan Aikens and Ricky Seals-Jones were brought in on the tight end front. Offensive linemen John Feliciano and Mark Glowinski both signed with team defensive end Jihad Ward, defensive tackle Justin Ellis, and long snapper Casey Kreider. All right, Eric, give us the over-under for this football team. So they are plus 800 to win the division. Their over is minus 110. Their under is minus 110, and their line was set at seven even. <laughs> I think we can hit that line. Let's go, fellas. Go. Yes. All right. Week one, uh, road Titans. Oh, Jesus, H. Five straight home games. Well, one's played in a neutral location. Five, So three straight home games. Panthers, Cowboys, Bears. Uh, they play Green Bay in London week five. I believe that's London. Or is that the Mexico City game? Uh... This, the, let me pull this game up. 9.30 a.m. This is the... That's probably Mexico. This is at this is at Tottenham Hotspur in London, correct? So week is this five, the Mexico game usually on a Monday. Don't they usually do the Mexico game Monday? Maybe I just haven't seen it yet, so I don't know if they're. Do we even know if they're playing in in Mexico City this year? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I know. I know that I don't. Uh, week six, Baltimore. Uh, then two road games before they go into the bye: Jags and Seahawks. A week nine bye. Two home games, Texans, Lions at the Cowboys. Two more home games, Commanders and Eagles. Two road games, Commanders, Vikings. And then a home road to end the season with Colts at home. And then the Eagles on the road. Okay, Mr. Washington. At Titans to start the year for the New York Football Giants. Win. Okay. Week two. Or the let's let's do the uh, let's do the three straight home games: Panthers, Cowboys, Bears. They're gonna win one of those. Okay. Uh, in Green Bay, in London, does it matter that Green Bay uh, has to travel to London? No, because they have to travel to London too. It so. does not. Okay, Baltimore at home. Loss. Okay, two road games before the bye: Jags and Seahawks. Not very high on the Seahawks. I'm going to go double wins. Double wins. Bye week, week nine. Then two home games, Texans and Lions for the football Giants. Win-loss. Win-loss. Okay. At the Cowboys? Loss. Uh, Washington and Philly, both at home? Loss-loss. Okay. Two road games, Washington and Minnesota? Win-loss. Okay. Uh, Home against the Colts? Loss. And at the Eagles? Loss. Okay. Does it factor in the fact that the Eagles will have a two-game or a one-game advantage over the Cowboys at that time? 
and will probably be in the playoffs. Do you think the Eagles will be resting their starters week 18? Uh, no, I don't think that – I think this division has come down to the last week, so I don't think anybody's resting anybody in this division. No, that's not what you uh, That's not what you said in your win-loss rankings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's not I, – I mean, I get what you're saying, but come on, man. Like You have a 12 I, to 13 it's, win it's, Eagles team and a 10 win Cowboys team. It's, it's not what I'm saying, Eric. It's called math. <laughs> it's called what you just said yeah, in the last you 30 said. minutes. <laughs> if you want, I can bump the Eagles down or I can bump the Cowboys up, whichever one you prefer. No, we're still not benching anybody. Okay. Keep the rhythm running into the playoffs. All right. Based on Eric's rankings, that gives the New York football giants a final record of six and 11. Mr. Colon Mendez, do you have any games that you want to fight about? Oh, man. I think they could beat the Packers in London. Those games are always incredibly weird. Nothing ever happens the way it's supposed to. That's how you always end up with the Jaguars putting up 40 points in London and they can't score a, a fucking touchdown anywhere else. Tickets, um, tickets, by the way, for the London game start as low as $390. So get them before they sell out, boys, at this low, low price. <laughs> um, I don't know. This, this Giants football team, the addition of Brian Dable, Saquon Barkley has something to prove. I don't think he's as injury prone as people say he is. They've got talent at wide receiver. Wandale Robinson, Kadarius Toney, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard's still there. You know, Daniel Jones has proven that he can win some games. Not, not obviously, I'm not saying he's going to be a 500 quarterback or anything like that, but – the, the offensive line is good. I like what they did with the defense. I think this team is is a very good sleeper pick if you want to pick a team to hit an over. All right. I, I mostly agree with Eric's picks. But because I want to put the commanders last, and I think this is a cake division, listen to this narrative. Doesn't it feel like a Giants team that shocks – and Tennessee lets us down amazingly. So week one, they beat the Titans. Shock the Titans because it's because it's a win. Everybody, it's a win game for the Titans. The Titans are winning. I don't even know what the line is at this point. Let me let me take a look at the line real quick. Four twenty five game. The Titans are a six point favorite. I actually bet that now. <laughs> it's coming down six, six points to the Titans. All right, Man. win week so, one. All right, Matt Rule revenge game week two. And I and I just want to put Matt Rule in the hot seat, so I may say zero and seventeen for the Carolina Panthers. Doesn't it feel like a week three overreaction game for the Cowboys to lose to the Giants? Stop me if you've heard it before. Yeah. Right. They beat the Bears. They beat the Packers in London. They lose to the Ravens. And they beat the Jags and they beat Seattle. None of those teams that you've said they beat are impressive is, this year. Is that crazy? Probably we are we are looking. <laughs> they, they lose. They lose to the Baltimore Ravens. That's what we said because the biggest opponent on their schedule is the Green Bay Packers, and they play them in a weird London time where I don't even. I I agree with you. The Jags put up forty in London. Who knows? Right. Titans, Panthers, Cowboys at home, Bears, Packers in London, Jags, Seahawks. Going into a week nine bye week, we have a seven and one Giants team. Get the fuck 
Then, then they play at home, Texans, Lions, Commanders, Eagles. I know Eric's going to shake his head, but the Eagles play historically terrible in this division. It's not shocking that the Giants would split, go go uh, home and away with the Eagles, split. Then they play the Commanders and the late-season Vikings on the road on a Saturday game in Minnesota. Get the fuck out. Are you are you going I just for said, a double-digit Giants win? I just team? said the Giants are 13-3. and three. What is my Giants division winning, Eric? Plus 800. Plus 800. I want to say I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of pizza money on a Giants over Giants division winning parlay. You're absurd, my friend. It's a, it's a, listen, I'm riding a podcast that makes absurd things sound right with stats. And then they just totally miss. I'll, I'll, I'll ride the over with you, but I don't have them winning that division. Uh, 40, 49ers are heading to Mexico city on November 21st to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. That's a game we did not mention that. I guess that was a, I just, I just want to run that back real quick. You said Philadelphia has a historic, horrible record in the division. Nick? Yeah. Like, just all time? We just, we never went, like, what are you trying to say? I'm just saying, recently, the NFC East has sucked when playing each other. Um, Notice how there's, notice how there is cricket. He wants to throw history at me. I don't talk history, Eric. We... Up until last year, we had eight wins against the Redskins. Or, sorry, Washington football team. Oh, well, that's good. Team. Don't dead name. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're saying eight, before last year, we had eight consecutive wins against them. Against the Redskins? Yeah, yeah. Why are we talking about the Redskins when we're talking about the Giants? Because I'm just saying, you're saying this team has a historic, terrible record. and we've been. What's What's been the record? So why are you Fernando Tatising me right now? What's their record against the Giants? Let me pull Tell up. me what you took, Eric. Let me pull it up. Hold up. Maybe I'm on the wrong page here. Let me see. Giants, Giants. Yeah, you are because you're looking at the commanders when we're talking about the Giants. Uh, well, it looks like we split pretty ah, much every year against there. the Giants. Every Hispanic person that is, list- that is listening to this podcast knows exactly that noise that Eric just made. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it means you're right, and I don't want to admit it. I yes just said they usually split. Yes or yes, Jermaine. <laughs> yeah, yes or yes. Hey, but of oh, dude, I, I smell a to, bet coming. I was trying, wants to trash trash. I was team. I was trying to back you up, Eric. So I was doing of the last ten years, the Eagles were they won. They had a over five hundred record six of the ten, and it looks like you were dead even. <laughs> <laughs> We've, you had some. You had some five in one years. You, but then you had a one in five, and then a, you, post you know two thousand, I mean? so, we've won that division more than anybody else. So you're the. It doesn't. It helps a lot that from two thousand one to two thousand five, we won it every year. But still, <laughs> yeah, it, it also helps <laughs> that the, the division you play in. Whatever, dude. <laughs> hey, they're in the league. I'm sorry they, they don't perform up to whatever magical standard or imaginary standard people have set. But let's be real. These franchises are cursed. The Cowboys haven't been good since 96. 
The only team that actually does anything surprisingly is the Giants and Eagles. The only teams that have won Super Bowls recently. And recently for the Giants is like over a decade. I, I, listen, I, listen, I didn't make bold assumptions like that. I just said the Eagles don't perform well against the NFC East. The NFC East beats each other up, no? Yes. Always, yeah. Okay. That was that was my thing. My thing was, listen, just like you could I could see the Giants going six and eleven. But you have to flip it around and say, if the Giants go three and three in this division, they don't play, they they play one team from the division before the bye week. And it's the Cowboys. And how many times, Eric, have we seen the Dallas Cowboys, America's national media, ESPN's darling, Skip Bayless's darling, lose a week three game that causes, I mean, is Dak the guy? Does Zeke still have it? You've, you've seen it year after year because they lose to the Giants. Do you trust this Tennessee Titans team? Absolutely not. Do you trust Green Bay and London? I do. I don't. You tell me Green Bay and Lamba, or you tell me Green Bay in um, the Meadowlands? They still call it the Meadowlands. In uh, MetLife? Then, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll back you 100%. In London, no, because Aaron Rodgers is a little baby, and he, if he doesn't get his sleep in his hyperbaric chamber with his with whichever <laughs> superstar he's dating now, it's, I, I'm just saying it's not implausible that they go, that they split the season and go nine and eight or eight and nine. I'm just being ridiculous and saying the Giants are going to go 13 and three and win the division because it's going to happen. <laughs> Look, in the, if you're going to take a dart throw in any division, it's going to be this one. This is the division you take it in. Brian, Brian Dable, Brian Dable channels Brian Flores. Daniel Jones has his coming out party. With, a, with Giants receivers that you'll get to it in a second, but Giants receivers that DraftKings didn't even have the, the merit to rank under props. Damn, that's disrespectful to the Giants. They this, had one yeah, listen, safe one part. This team could – I mean, this team could go to battle for Brian Dable and Brian and uh, David Jones. Daniel. Daniel Jones, sorry. I agree. I still think it's it's Philly's division to win. Now, do I think in the in the range of outcomes in this division, <laughs> is it insane to say the Giants win this division? Absolutely not. No. I will say it's insane for them to have 13 wins. <laughs> if they're winning this division, it's like an eight, eight, seven, and two, because somehow they tied two games or some shit, bro. We're riding. So, I'm riding. All right. So I have the same division order as Eric. I'm going Philly, Dallas, Giants, Washington. Nick is riding some sort of uh, DMT high because because Aaron Rodgers plays in Lambo. So what order do you have over there, Chuck? I want Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, Redskins. Okay. However, Commanders. Commanders. Sorry, thank you. Sorry, FCC. <laughs> However, I think Giants, Eagles, Cowboys all make the playoffs. So Nick's odds are at plus thirty five hundred for the division order, and ours are at plus one thousand. 
How can you say that three Giants? Teams from, three teams from this division makes the playoffs? Giants, Eagles, Cowboys all make the playoffs. Not possible. Get get the odds, please, Eric. I appreciate you. <laughs> what was what was what was my ranking, Eric? Plus thirty five hundred. Plus thirty five hundred. God, you'd love to see it. Team specials. Let's see what this. Let's see what this has here. To make the playoffs. Playoff parlays. What did you get? What did you have, Nick? Philly, <laughs> yeah. Dallas, want, and New York. I want Philly, New York. And the Dallas Cowboys. To let, me, let me keep scrolling because this is all the way at the bottom here. <laughs> Nobody's expecting it, which means it's going to pay big time money. We don't do small money on this show. We don't, so, do, we don't do winning money on this show. Philly, <laughs> Dallas, and New York to make the playoffs. All of them is plus 25000 Oh, I mean, come on. One dollar wins twenty five hundred. You have one dollar in your couch. Pull one dollar out. Put it on this play. Thank me later. You and put, I get a percentage of your winnings. My standard manager fee is ten percent. To put Wait, that in perspective for you, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and Seattle to make the playoffs is plus fifteen thousand. That's garbage. Why would I bet that? I'm just saying that has a better odds. It's, than a, it's a silly bet, Eric. You you're asking me to bet the Carolina Panthers to make the playoffs? I was just trying to show you perspective, bro. Matt Rule, perspective. Matt Rule can't found it, can't find his head or can't find his ass with a map in two hands. Yo, these are some good bets, y'all. I'm looking at these New Orleans and San Francisco both to make the playoffs plus 330. They both have to make it? Yeah. But that's good money. That's not a bad bet at all, actually. Yeah. Chargers and Vikings plus 220. That's a good bet, too. There's some crazy ones in here, yo. Baltimore and Cincinnati plus 210. I mean, I'm not going to get carried away, but. For player props, I have – I'm taking Jalen Hurts over passing touchdowns. I'm going to go over – how do I want to put that? Pass. Uh, ooh, Daniel Jones over 350 and a half rushing yards. Can he stay healthy, though? I mean, I he's going to have can. 120 against the Eagles like he did last Yo, year. Yo, give me this, dude. Ezekiel Elliott over rushing yards, dude. 875.5. Are you kidding me? He's yeah, I, so so for you, for you folks at home, <laughs> can you double-check that, Eric? What? The, the Zeke that Zeke rushing total is correct. Yeah, I just did it like an hour before the podcast. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bashing you. If, if you say it's correct, it's correct. So for those of you at home, Ezekiel Elliott's according to DraftKings, his over under is eight seventy five. Quick trivia question for both of you guys: Even in the year that Zeke Elliott played ten games, how many rush yards did he rush for? One thousand one hundred and sixty four. Close, 983. There has not been a year that Zeke has not rushed for over at least 975 yards. Why, why do I get this? So, yeah, I will take I will take Zeke. Yes, please. Over. Yeah, that, that was pretty crazy to me. Um, 
This is interesting. I like the Saquon over rushing and receiving combined. Saquon over rushing and receiving combined. Give the people what that number is, Jermaine. It's 1,300 and a half. 1,300 and a half. Aside from Saquon, well, the first two seasons of Saquon's career, he was well over, uh, totaling uh, over 2,000 and then 1,400. Since then, obviously, he's only played in 15 games. Um, in those 15 games, though, he has about uh, 900 yards combined. Okay. So this is what I've got for my props. I'm going over passing touchdowns, Jalen Hurts, 22 and a half. I'm going over rushing yards for Zeke, uh, 875 and a half. I'm going under rushing. Oh, sorry. I'm only going under rushing t- touchdowns for Jalen Hurts at eight and a half. I'm going over rushing touchdowns in conjunction with that Jalen Hurts under for Miles Sanders. And then I'm going over rushing and receiving yards for Saquon Barkley. Okay. I want, so obviously over rushing yards for Zeke. I want the triple threat, A.J. Brown. You want I want three, huh? over 70 and a half receptions, over 1,025 and a half receiving yards, and over six touchdowns. Who else is Jalen Hurts going to depend on in big time situations than AJ Brown? He's going to target the ever loving dog doo doo out of him. I love, 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 love Dallas Goddard as a player. In terms of prop bets, I don't want to take him because I think he's going to get injured. Damn. Although I will watch, I will watch happily as he goes over these player props, which is 61 receptions, uh, 700 and a half yards, and four and a half touchdowns. You know what? Give me Dallas, give me Dallas Goddard over four and a half receiving touchdowns. <laughs> that changed quick. Yeah, that did change quick. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> All right. You got anything else besides Dallas Goddard? Uh, I think that the Terry McLaurin disrespect is real. Uh, I mean, give me – yeah, what's 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 the issue? Like, Terry McLaurin does not play with good – does not play with good quarterbacks, no? Never has. Well, Never Ryan has. Fitzpatrick. Never has, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick is a serviceable quarterback when he comes in as a backup. Alex Smith? Uh, didn't he kind of just play with Alex Smith? <laughs> I don't know if it counted. Okay. 2020-2021 for Terry McLaurin. 87 receptions, 1,100 yards. 2021, 77 receptions for 1,050 yards. This year, DraftKings has him listed 75 and a half receptions for 1,000 and a half yards. Yes, I'll take the over on both of them. Disrespect. Staying away from the receiving touchdowns, though, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Re- receiving touchdowns right now, six and a half. He's hit it once in his career, and I think that was when he was playing for Alex Smith. Yeah, I, I think that's a good good choice. All right, so that wraps up Nick's props. Eric, you got any props for us? Uh, I'm just going to take everything on Zeke, the over-rushing yards, over-touchdowns. Um, and then I do like the Scary Terry triple over. And uh, I don't, I don't really want to. I don't know. This division's too much for me to handle, and I'm too biased, so I'm just gonna stay away from most of these. 
I will say one that I like, but I will not be taking is Devonte Smith over 62 and a half receptions. I think with the development of AJ Brown on the outside, Devonta Smith's going to get a little more run in you know slot type situations where they could put him Yaktown USA. Uh, I think he'll. I think he's going to thrive in that kind of role. He's good in you know short, short you know shuttle situations. You can get that separation and pick up you know possession first downs. So um, that's something that I was looking at, but I will not be taking. Um, and then if you're a, J- a Jahan Dotson truther, 600, 611 receiving yards is is not much. And someone else has got to catch the rock there. Uh, but, again, I'm going to be staying away from that. All right, so that wraps up the AFC East Divisional Breakdown. Do you guys NFC have anything East. else? NFC, NFC East. East. Yeah. Yep. Book it. Get ready. It's playoff time in New York. Go, Birds. We got a division winner in New York. All right, so follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room 303. I've been your host, Jermaine Colon-Mendez. This has been my co-host, Nicholas Moran. And as always, we have with us EP. We'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room. Peace.